Grandpa, I want the truth about Christmas. If it's the truth you want, then it's the scary truth you're gonna have. According to the Book of Claus, Santa, Satan's only son, lost a bet and was forced to spread Christmas cheer. But now, all bets are off. Santa? Yes, there is a Santa Claus. Ho, ho, hoes. Santa Claus is not a myth or a legend. He's real. Only he's not bearing gifts and presents anymore. Christmas can sure scare the dickens out of people. He's scary yet educational. I'm just trying to spread a little yuletide fear. Are you saying Santa is offing everyone who's naughty and nice? Oh my God! Nicholas shot him! You shot Santa? <laughs> This holiday season. Oh, oh, oh. Lock your doors. Bolt the windows. Oh, Grandpa got run over by a reindeer. Everyone stand back. Things are about to get a little messy. And block the chimney. Cause naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. Santa's sleigh. Go ahead, kid. Let's see what Santa got you. I hate children. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent here with Kevin and Kat. Hello. Hello. Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. We are down a hand this week. Uh oh. But tis still the season. Mm-hmm. We've got Christmas picks on deck. I was just at the movies today. I went and saw Eileen. What is that? It is a psychological thriller starring Anne Hathaway and mm-hmm. Thomason McKenzie who was in Jojo Rabbit. She played the girl in Jojo Rabbit. Okay, well, that has a tie into this week. Well, well I, I thought I was taking a little jingle break from all the Christmas movies I've been watching. I want to go break. out and see something new in the theater. But as it turns out that the movie takes place around Christmas and the, the turn scene of the movie happens on Christmas Eve, so I couldn't even get away at the theaters. I've watched a lot of Christmas horror. Yeah, have you? A ton. What have you been... <laughs> What you I have, I have I, been too. I, I forget what we talked about on the show. And I know post it's all blurred show, together, like last week. <laughs> but yeah, it's a, it's a lot. We don't really need to get into it if it comes across. Well, I mean, we've got time. We <laughs> do. <laughs> well, I did just put on Violent Night. I don't, I don't think we talked about that on the show is last. That David week. Harbor. Yep. Yeah. Yes. How is that? I like it a lot. Yeah. It's action. But the director did the Dead Snow movies. Okay, yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, those he were got fun. a crack at like a big budget and they let him go rated R. He took full advantage of rated R. Uh, it's got everything. It's a little long, but it's got everything that you would want in a Christmas movie. It's like everything that made Dave mad last week, where, you know, it does have like nice, kind undertones, a quasi happy ending, but it's super violent, super gory. 
uh, pretty funny and pretty crass. So, yeah, it's not what I... Well, it's kind of what I expected. It's just over the top, and I had no idea that uh, that, that guy directed it. So that's a good one. Um, and then some, like, indie ones. What uh, about the the robot... Christmas Buddy Christmas I watched. Okay, that's, that's where the that's Evil Santa new, Robot... Yeah, that's a new one. Okay, I right? seen that. This yeah. year? Is that uh, this year? This, Yeah, I think it's this year. This so that's last. the... And that director, all these directors are escaping my mind right now but he did like vfw that oh, yeah. uh, i think we talked yeah. about on the patreon but uh so yeah. it's it's very similar um what's the other movie he did uh bliss not familiar very like saturated neon-y colors like remember how vfw is like really stylized yeah this is not quite that bad but um but yeah he's got like he's really taken advantage of his style plus christmas lights it's fun it's not unlike a movie that we are going to talk about this week in terms of gets in there, gets out of there, gets it done. Uh, I don't know that the Santa needed to be a robot. That felt a little bit too, like, Megan to me. Maybe I've just gotten too much of that. It makes me think of Chopping Mall. Yeah, a little bit. Kat, what about you? Any holiday, any good holiday viewings? I've been in holiday mode since the 20... Since the day after Thanksgiving, I've been forced to only watch yeah. Christmas-themed <laughs> yeah. items. Yeah, that's what I'm We're running out. We're running out of things running to watch. Out. Yeah, I think so. We've got, a long, we've got quite a ways to go we here. we got a list. Yeah, you're telling me. Uh, still got to watch <laughs> Die Hard. Yeah. I got scolded because I watched Scrooged without oh, Nick. Oh, yeah. that's <sighs> So got to watch that one again. The yeah. politics <laughs> of you know who you're watching stuff with can be oppressive this time of yeah, year. Yeah, I've watched Home Alone twice already. Uh, oh, Home wow. Alone 2. Still got to watch um, a couple things. Uh, Gremlins still on my mm, list. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah, I think I'm just gonna dive into the Shutter Christmas. They've got quite a bit. Whatever the you know the line is there, just like go through. There's quite a bit. I last year, not last year. I think it was 2020. I set about thinking that I would I would try to watch every Christmas horror movie. In December. Every one. Yeah, I, I mean, I didn't even scratch the surface. As it turned out, I didn't realize quite how many. Christmas horror movies they are. I think Shudder has a lot. It's exhausting. I mean, search Christmas on Tubi. You'll never the, you'll never yeah. get there. And I also realized that I definitely don't want to prioritize every Christmas horror movie that's ever been made. No, but it's like you go through and then you pick your favorites and then you then you have like a rotation for the next year and then you slowly kind of dwindle that list. And then when you find someone uh, to share your life with that forces you to watch only Christmas movies from Thanksgiving until December 25th, then you have a lot of ammunition to fill the time. Maybe maybe, um, I should be engaged to Nick. Maybe. (laughs) This is what I've been been doing the same thing willingly. Well, perfect. I feel like it would be more important to find someone you could divide and conquer with. Well, that's no. where that's where it gets. That's where the, Divvy the politics up. come in. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. I have a new buried Christmas gem for okay. you guys from 1984, a British movie called "Don't Open Till Christmas." Oh, yeah, I think you one. texted us that. Yeah, little, yes, I did. Yeah, a little bit of a rarity. It's uh, from the producer of Pieces. Oh, that okay, movie. It's Dick Randall, I think. <laughs> yep. It's a step down production wise oh, from, no. right. from pieces. <laughs> Did somebody it's, fall down while they were filming it? It's even more slapdash. Oh. It's even cheaper. It's even, I don't know if it's more nonsensical, but it's uh, was a lot of production trouble. It, one, the first director was out and then he came back in. And it's interesting to read about, but it's a very funny. It's just, it's about a killer on the loose in London who is killing random Santas. 
So he's targeting oh. anyone in the city dressed as Santa, and you get a lot of bang for your Santa killing buck. There's a ton of Santa murders. Even at one point, the cops go undercover as Santas, and they start getting killed. That's a rad concept. Yeah, it's like pre- everyone, it's you know, great. like Silent Night, Deadly Night was sort of like the Usually first, like, oh my Santa, God, they made Santa a killer. Exactly. That's a cool concept. Just go yeah. kill Santas. If you have ever wanted to see a guy in a Santa suit have his dick chopped off at a urinal while he's peeing, don't Ooh. open till Christmas. Oh, have I ever? Perfect. <laughs> Fill that. Think box. about it all the time. Yeah. It's one for you. Can't so, wait. So uh, yeah, I watched that. I watched the original Silent Night, Deadly Night. I think my all-time favorite Christmas horror we've talked about, mm. and it. I, I mean, I love it. It just it seems less outrageous every year uh, as more and more outrageous <laughs> things. It makes more sense. Y- yeah. It seems You're like, modern. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> it you should. Naughty. <laughs> as long as we never pick the sequel, I'm fine. The sequels are all trash. I hate the second all, even one, the Toymaker the one. The second one is so bad. Though. It's 40 minutes of footage from the first one. Yes. Slapped yeah. onto 40 minutes of new footage. That's Someone, all it is. So I had a moment. I had like a, <laughs> okay, moment where someone was like, yeah, we're watching a Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. And I'm like, oh, that trash? Okay. <laughs> Did you not see the first one? <laughs> Spring for the VOD, bro. <laughs> I know two might be on Tubi, but it's not the one you want. <laughs> All right. Uh, so this week, it's Cat's Christmas Picks. We've waited through Kevin's and now it's time. To show us what you're all about as far as Christmas horror goes, Kat. What, what is, how do you define Christmas horror? What are your essentials? We're going to start with a movie from 2005 <laughs> yeah. called Santa's Sleigh. WWE superstar Bill Goldberg plays the devil's son who lost a wager with an angel and was forced to spend 1,000 years being our beloved Santa. But now, the wager of that time has run out, and good old Santa isn't so joyful anymore. Riding on his sleigh driven by his hell deer, a buffalo-like beast, Santa arrives at Hell Township and makes up for lost time by decimating the locals in various holiday-themed ways. Wow. What a magical Christmas film this one was. We got a big, muscly Santa, an interesting Nordic backstory, and... A lot of questionable mid-aughts dialogue. Loved it. It also gave us some great Christmas quotes like, Daddy's home. It's Father Christmas. I'm just trying to spread a little Yuletide fear. And move out of the way, bitch. (laughs) I think there were some more choice quotes than those. I have them I won't be reading them. (laughs) I'm keeping it PG. The best part, though, in which I think we all can agree, is the festive deaths that we all get to witness. We've got an eggnog drowning. We've got a menorah impaling, wreath strangling, star in the back. It really just covers all the bases that one would want in a murdery Christmas film. And then we're treated to a curling competition between good and evil. Riveting. It revolves around a hole in the ice that goes down to hell. I just, what more could you want, really? Just wow. I I would also say that it starts with a semi-star-studded cast, including Fran Drescher, Chris Kattan, and James Caan. Just... Uncredited. I think, I think, yeah, for a good reason. Probably. No love for Rebecca Gayhart? Hey, I love Rebecca oh. Gayhart. She was in Nip Tuck. <laughs> urban and also, Legend. Also Urban Legend. Okay, sorry, I missed that one. I would say those cameos were obviously very short-lived, which I thought was like a fun thing. So I was like, oh man, 
we're going to have these shitty characters for the rest of the film. Nope. And obviously, we've got, as I mentioned, WWE superstar Goldberg. Personally, the Dean Smith household were more of a Mick Foley family. Duh. Yeah. Were they like enemies? No, but Mick Foley is literally like Mr. Christmas. Like he is a Christian man and he loves Christmas and Santa and all that stuff. So I, you know, would love it if he could have portrayed this but there's just no way that a perfect and gentle soul like him could portray this evil santa so i think goldberg was a perfect can't uh, a perfect casting and in, in playing a huge dick and he's jewish so it maybe takes the sting out of santa murdering people of the jewish faith within this film mm. Yeah. Mm. true yeah there's some <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of stuff going on there is this. a lot yep there's a lot going on this week yeah, this is really aughts. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, so like, aughts. Thank super you. aughts. Yeah, it's so aughts right down to I'm like watching this movie and being like, oh my god, that's racist. Oh my god, that's <laughs> fucked up. And th- but Sexist, then I'm the cast and I'm like, oh, it. but all the people that it's racist and being super fucked up to, oh, they're, oh, they're in this movie. Mm. What is happening? Right. Brett Ratner. Yes, we can get there. <gasps> yes, we can get oh, there. No, <laughs> but before we d- dig into like Merry the juices, <laughs> no. yeah, into the juices, this movie fucking rules. Yeah, thank God it's only seventy-seven minutes long because I <laughs> could not have gone any longer. And in fact, there's still filling. There's so much filler in this. However, I was so confused about the opening that you mentioned. I was like, wait a minute, Chris Kattan, Rebecca Gayhart, like. Fran, like the fucking nannies in this, like now you speaking Christmas movies, you got fucking James Caan, like Paul now I'm gonna go watch Elf and Cry, like <laughs> what is happening? And then obviously they just all get slaughtered, and it's mm-hmm. just some like schlocky, tacked on, filmed long after the movie was actually done, like quirky intro scene. However, you nailed the cat. I was complaining last week, and I've complained about a bunch of movies that come out the gate with awesome kill scenes, and then they really lose their steam. They just kind of start doing, okay, we just have to kill somebody, so let's make them die, and we'll have whatever, gore or blood. This one, it never lets up. They just keep finding awesome ways to kill people. And that's all I need to get through a stupid movie like this. Mm-hmm. It, it even helps me get past the fact that like I'm watching Emily de Ravine pre-Lost, uh, pre-Hills yeah. Have Eyes, I think. Yeah, this is 2005? Yeah, so I this think is that like, might have been four. It's right around this time. Yeah. yeah, I think Hills Have Eyes was like maybe 06 or something. Either oh, way. Oh, might have been six. Clearly yeah. before she was Claire. Yeah. <laughs> and before she was in the, the great Hills Have Eyes remake. Uh, and she it's real bad. The, the, all of the acting in this is like about... It's about on par with what happens when you get a fucking world a wwe superstar WWE superstar thank you not quite there yet <laughs> uh former i think we should be clear it's like the former presidency no WWE. it's like what, the presidency you always he refer was a to 90s them. guy oh so he no, was he or, didn't retire until last year okay oh, oh. <laughs> okay i stand corrected. his contract ended earlier this year okay he's but a free he agent hall of fame is he in the we'll try to, wait, it's hall kevin's take we'll chat about it later you don't know I, we'll circle back we'll circle back yeah, I mean, there isn't a ton. Like Trent already mentioned the fact that there's a whole bunch of other quotes that I have written down. I don't think I should read them. No, um, no. They're real bad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, 
you really can't if you're going if you literally go to watch a movie and the synopsis says uh do it for me cat w wwe superstar goldberg is santa and kills a bunch of people mm-hmm. you know exactly what you're going to get you're going to get a big huge roided out guy dressed like santa that's just saying really bad things and doing really bad things mm-hmm. it's great uh i i don't know where to begin the muscles start with the muscles this should have been called santa sled because this was some tough sledding oh i needed i mean this yeah tough sledding tough going oh hard okay yeah tough going to get through this Uh, this could only be made in 2005 it should have stayed in 2005 (laughs) this is one we're gonna do some we're gonna do some mid-aughts reappraisal next week from my christmas week and this is not that time it's my week so let's talk about my stuff no reappraisal at all you know and i don't totally blame you cat because i watched it's christmas no because i watched this when i in 2020 when i was trying to watch as many of these christmas horror movies as i could and all i remembered was the cold open Mm-hmm. That we talked about the star-studded slaughter, mm-hmm. where all those people are just show up at a table. And you're like, "Wow, this is crazy!" And then Goldberg comes in and kills them all. Every cool kill that you listed just now, Cat, all happens in the cold open. Uh-uh. Once, uh, maybe not everyone, but the vast. Let's go through them. Let's go through them. The menorah doesn't happen in the. That's true. Cold not open. cold open, and that's like the coolest one. All right. Next, next one. The re, uh, the uh, the other. They're all in the cold the open, folks. What's that? <laughs> so this is why I don't blame you because all I, I remembered putting this movie on and I watched that cold open. And I was like, wow, who would have thought Santa Slade with Bill Goldberg? This is pretty great. And then I probably went to bed, fell asleep, got distracted, did something else, and I didn't really know. I think the wreath strangling happens later, like outside the rest of the strip of it club. Is total shit, oh. utter. Garbage. It's not so bad. It's good. It's barely watchable. I don't know what you guys are talking about. I wish it was fun to me. It was brutal. It was like you said, I was so glad that it was only an hour and 17 minutes, but I still needed a break. Wow. About an hour into this bad boy. Please let me just rest my face from this movie (laughs) for a minute. Oh my God! Yeah, sorry. I, I got a couple, a few trivia items, but yeah, t- take it away, sister. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that um, somehow this was the longest hour and thirteen <laughs> minutes I've ever seen. But yes, it was. It was still fun. Like I knew going into it, and Nick's been asking me for however long. He's like, "When are you going to pick Santa Slay? When are you going to pick that? <laughs> sorry, one? Nick. When are you going to do it? He's like, you do Christmas in July? When are you going to do this? And so finally, I was like, this is it. This is the moment. I would say that this film lacks some substance. Okay. I'm not going to I'm not gonna disagree with you there. But it's zany and it's amusing if you're in the mood for it. It's obviously pandering to a certain crowd. Probably like people that watch professional wrestling a little bit. Well, I, think I don't Trent know. I nailed the fact that it should have stayed in 2005. You would only, you can only probably appreciate this movie if you lived that time. Yes, it's definitely not something that like I wouldn't recommend some twenty-five-year-old right now. No. Even someone my own age to be I'd like, yeah, be like, you should check out Sin and Slave for sure. 
<laughs> I wouldn't recommend anyone of any age. I don't want anyone to think that, you know. This I don't, is mostly for children. Yeah, you know. Well, I don't know about that because of, uh, are there boobs? No, there are boobs. Oh, there are boobs in this film. Yes, yeah, There's like a whole scene of boobs. A whole scene of 2005 oh, Hollywood the, studio boobs. Oh, because they look so painful. <laughs> that was one thing. Like, I obviously, I was like, Nick, you want to watch Theta Slay? And he's like, fuck yeah, I do. And then he fell asleep like literally 20 minutes in. Uh, so then it was yeah, just me yeah, left watching this movie. Did. But he did make it to the booby scene. And he was just like, oh my God. This, oh, there's these fake but it's just they look like they hurt so it's i get tough. it yeah i will tough. say though you know i thought the 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 backstory the storyline of like nordic you know where santa came from i thought that was interesting you know this version of santa is basically satan's jesus right. because he came That's from a, a virgin cool yeah. virgin you know birth from satan impregnating a, a lady it's fun and then there's that twist where grandpa's actually an angel that defeated santa originally to beat to make him nice to kids. It's just, you know, I wouldn't say... With curling. <sighs> it's the curling. I just don't... It takes place in Canada, though? Is it? Takes, I take thought place it was the Canada? North Pole. No, it, in Hell's... What's the... Hell's Township or Hell Township. Yeah, yeah I think called. in Canada. Canada. I think Goldberg might be from Canada. It was Canada. shot in Canada. I'm, I think I'm pretty I heard, sure it's a Canadian I'm production. Pretty but sure I heard a Surrey. The production is listed as a, a Canadian-American Co-production, yeah, and I guess that explains the curling. I'll, I'll forgive it, the curling <laughs> thing, because I was just thinking maybe curling was so obscure in, in 2005 that that was deemed by Brett Ratner and Tom Steinman, the whatever Ratner's crew, that that was deemed to be a funny enough joke because it was such an obscure sport but now everybody loves curling knows what curling is so it's just it's not funny at everybody all everybody loves but, curling yeah everybody loves curling you guys don't love curling. it's always a highlight of the winter olympics but knowing that it's canadian yeah i mean i guess i don't know yeah yeah who's the clown that directed this david steinman and like his this is it for him writing and directing otherwise he was like the assistant to brett ratner david on a steinman bunch of yeah he ratner assist- production he was a production assistant on a bunch of the ratner films so did he yeah. get he, um, I don't canceled know if he when still Ratner worked. got canceled. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know how. I mean, I don't, I don't want to do guilt by association. I don't know anything about Steinman other than what I think about this movie. But he was a close assistant of the canceled Mr. Ratner. There is one moment in which we um, see Goldberg kind of disrobe his kind of cloak situation. Yeah. Which, also, I thought Santa's outfit was very nice. Like, it, was, it was like it was a good. leather cloak, and he had a yeah. little hat, hat that I he like. would hang yeah. places. Yeah, very great. But there's one moment in which he disrobes that outer cloak, and you see those muscles yeah, come out. Yeah, you see out. the pythons. You see them. He was good. I, I have no problem with Goldberg. I mean, he was the the highlight of the movie, but he just <laughs> he didn't even he didn't do enough for me. I didn't think the kills were fun. He just keeps walking into places, very quickly killing people for the most part. There was the menorah killing and stuff like that but i didn't think he was really given much to do for a the novelty gag of of, of goldberg playing a murderous santa he throws some wrestling moves i think i think yeah. i don't yeah. know but i thought that they could be identified as wrestling moves the reindeer sure. was cool he had this arctic buffalo, buffalo looking yeah. thing yeah. as a reindeer that was cool there's yeah. some actual cool premise to this like i agree with cat like the whole origin story although the virgin erica um don't know where that came from uh, that was pretty rad, but again, most of this was just like filler to get it to feature length time. Like, like the book 
that they kept referring to was kind of neat at first, but then they spend like four more times much going time. to the book. Oh. And then the whole like backstory turning into like the animation that looks like the OG, like Frosty the yeah, Snowman, that was, like was, Rudolph the Red Nosed yeah. Reindeer. Like, I, was I like, like that part. Yeah. it's but That was it, the only cool part. Clearly, it's like, what, like post production or something? They're like, fuck, we filmed like 49 minutes. What do we do? <laughs> well, guys? that's funny that you, uh, well, that's, that's the thing because. These movies, they film way more film than you see in the final movie. So how bad must the rest of it have been that these are the best bits? And if you Or they didn't. I mean, I'm sure there they, are uh, times where they don't. You said that they um, they filmed the, the opening, the cold open cameo festival scene after the rest yeah, of like it. Yeah, like in LA, like after. They, I, wonder, I think they I filmed wonder, this in uh, Canada. Yeah. And then back in LA, like post-production everything, they... I wonder that if that was because together. they realized in the editing they once they got all the stuff together they realized how just completely unsellable and just terrible it was and just and Ratner must have called his who, his good friend Chris Catan and <laughs> Rebecca Gayhart and how somehow James Kahn got roped into this thing wouldn't be credited and they must have just decided they need something which it was great that opening is awesome again i love the opening very good that and the stop motion thing those two things were cool i had a moment when the um main like teenage boy he called it he's like what is that the necronomicon or something like that i was like that's not how you say that (laughs) (laughs) you know i thought the two leads the the boy and the girl and you Mm -hmm. guys know them they've gone on to do things right both of them tv at least Emily DeRavine plays Mary. Uh, yeah. Wink, and wink. Is it Dave Douglas? Douglas Smith. Has he done, <clears throat> did he do Nick. stuff after this? Uh, antiviral. Oh, that's right. He Actually, he has a huge filmography. He's done tons of stuff, no, including like, Antiviral. Uh, I saw that. Like, from our world, like Ouija, the he really bad Ouija. first okay, one. He was in Ouija. Okay, I'm still coming back to man. me now. I did look at his filmography, and it was large. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that lot, both... But... Both of the leads, I thought, did a really great job. They struck me as total professionals. I thought they must have both come up acting from a very young age. Maybe they were Mickey Mouse kind of kids, but they were so good at doing the very most that could possibly be done with what they were given. They are just giving the worst dialogue. That's, they're in the middle of the stupidest thing I've ever heard of, and they're so game. They're both like – they give every <laughs> stupid line all they've got. It's almost – Convincing. I, I was impressed by the professionality of the two young leads in this. I will say that. They really, those kids did everything you could ask for them to do in this thing. I hated that the whole plot with the, it was the Back to the Future thing with the, uh, was it the grandpa or the uncle that had the bunker yeah. and how he had the book that you were talking about, what? the old guy. Back to yeah. the Future? Yeah, he Douglas was. Douglas Smith, who plays Nick. He, it's his grandpa. Yeah, it's his grandpa. He has the whole underground bunker, and he's he's because the one he that knows turns out. Yeah, he it, was the angel. Yeah, yeah. I, I hated that whole thing. <laughs> I liked it. I, I liked it. Was it. Fun. I'm not saying it was executed well, but I you I could did follow the storyline and be like, oh, okay. And that's all I ask for sometimes. Okay, sometimes I don't want to have to Google. What's going on in a movie? Well, you picked one next. I mean, you sure fucking might have okay. to. Okay, well, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, as an effect, as a cool effect that draws you in, into the movie, you have to figure it out. What's going on? You have to figure it out as the movie goes on. It reveals itself in a, an artistic way, mm-hmm. not like it's so nonsensical. You got to look up books about Norse mythology. You know, I'd say I don't know how sensible this. I don't know how easy this one was to follow. Something, something was hard to follow. After a while, you're just your. Do you have the subtitles on? 
Yes, I did, as a matter okay. of fact. Well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Curling into the hole, I had a hell hole. <laughs> what else? Oh, I got it. So we talked, did we talk about Bill Goldberg met his wife on the set of this movie. She was oh. a stunt person on the set of this movie. Christmas. And as far as I can tell, they are still married today as of 2019. As of 2019? Still together. That was the last- 2023 right now. You know that, right? You I, said I, still I together. That's why I qualified by saying still together today with at least as, as of 2019. That is the last publicly documented item in the news about them. They were still we don't together know. at that point. We don't point. know if they survived so, the pandemic together. We don't know. We I will know. say, though, so let's go into a little bit about uh, Bill Goldberg here. Please. Mm. You know, well-received amongst the fans of WWE. The movie was? No, oh, oh, Bill Goldberg yeah. as a wrestler, yeah, as the man, sure, but not well received amongst other wrestlers. Oh yeah, I read about that because he came. He was like a football player, but then he got a football injury, yeah, and so then he couldn't play football anymore. And he's like, well, I guess I'll just professionally wrestle. And that's so that that's used to be did. a career path for. Yeah, it was it a was. time when if you got run out of football, you could go be a wrestler. Yeah. I know there were a bunch of them that. Did that. So because of that, he was never like really into. It's like wasn't like you know. His lifeblood, he didn't come from like a wrestling family. He didn't really care about like learning the correct way to wrestle with people. So he almost paralyzed The Undertaker one time. And he hurt Bret Hart so bad that he had to retire. Wait, Bret the Hitman Hart? He was involved in Bret Hart's retirement? Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Goldberg, I saw saw a quote from Bret Hart giving him a zero out of 10 as an in-ring worker. Well, I didn't realize that he was part of the career-ending injury. Apparently, yeah. So he, you know, bless his heart, because I was like, I'm pretty sure Goldberg's canceled, so I did Google it. He's canceled. No, he's not. Just old wrestling wrestling guys from Canada don't like him because he worked stiff. Because Nick was always like, fuck Goldberg, he sucks. And I'm like, but why? Because <laughs> usually if he says that, it's because like, you know, he's like, oh, he's a sexual assault person or he fucking, you know, did X, Y, and Z. But no, he's just like not a good teammate and he just fucking does whatever that he wants and he hurts people. Because if you don't wrestle right, you can hurt people. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, lastly, about the wrestling connection. Jesus, that was a lot. Um, hey, hey I have a, knowledge uh, sometimes. Is, I appreciate it. There is yeah, a post credit scene. After, the, if you make, I can't imagine how many people make it through the credits. I, d- I, I read about it, so Sorry. I knew it was there. There's a scene where it goes to Goldberg, and he's as Santa, and he's looking at his list, naughty list, and he says, "Who's next?" Did you yeah. see that, Kevin? I also read about it. And oh, did, you did not <laughs> care to <laughs> to make that, it. That, that was far. his wrestling catchphrase after he would pin the opponent and win. He would say, "Who's next?" So that's why that's in there. Uh, I guess the joke, we've talked about all the the Jewish jokes in this. The entire cast in that opening scene, including Goldberg, all Jewish. So that was kind of another little in-joke that all these Jewish people from Hollywood are celebrating having a Christmas dinner. Wouldn't happen. Um, You get Debo. 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 Tiny Lister. Debo from the movie Friday. Oh, you know, not my a Friday, bike. Not a Friday guy. All right. I never. I don't know if I've seen the whole thing. Okay. He's in this. Yeah, he's the uh, I think gas station worker. Oh. 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 There you have it. Ten out of ten. Great job. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, our next pick for Cat's Christmas Week. 
from 2021 Silent Night. A couple invite their closest friends to join their family for Christmas dinner at their idyllic home in the English countryside. As the group comes together, it feels like old times. But behind all of the laughter and merriment, something isn't quite right. The world outside is facing impending doom, and no amount of gifts, games, or wine can make mankind's imminent destruction go away. Surviving the holidays just got a little more complicated. This one was very intense, but mm. in a very subtle way. It felt I felt like this sense of like dread watching it, even though like the aesthetic was beautiful and there really wasn't anything horrible happening between the characters. Like it's just kind of like a setup of a Christmas holiday, except that the children are swearing a lot and they're being like, well, we get to do this because of X, Y, and Z. And you're kind of just like, okay, but there's still like this weird kind of cloud. It was looming over like the humor and like the flashy dresses and posh accents that we were experiencing. It was like a normal stressful uh, family gathering, but you're watching it instead of being a part of it. Um, but I think they wanted you to kind of feel as the characters did, like trying to go along as if everything was normal while they know that their like fate is what's going to happen. And I think it makes it very successful in that. And that's what it was trying to accomplish. Like, it seems like this is a situation that I wouldn't be surprised to find ourselves in uh, one day. Even just like the, uh, like there was that moment when they're like, we should have voted green. And I'm like, God damn it. Like the amount of times that I've heard that. It was humorous in the moment, but also like so relatable. And it just kind of gives like an extra kick of dread to like realize like the, the seriousness of the situation going on. Just like, yep, we're fucked. We're all fucked. They're fucked. We're fucked. Whatever. I guess the characters themselves were a little bit interesting, but... I don't know. I didn't really care. I thought the dynamics were like fun-ish like to kind of like delve into and like learn about the characters. But I wouldn't really say any of them were very likable uh, besides Alex because uh, she hated everyone in there, which is usually where I find myself when I'm a part of a family gathering. Wow. <laughs> I wish we had talked about this movie first. Why? I love Silent Night. You I can't believe I've never heard of this. Save the best for last, baby. Yeah, well, man, this one is so great. I love this movie. I, Again, I'm surprised I never heard of this. I was confused because there are so many movies that have some variation mm -hmm. of Silent Night in the title, including this year you have an action movie called Silent Night. You had the action Violent Night last year. I mean, it just never ends. So I was thinking the whole time, I was thinking, ah, I got to watch this friggin' action Santa movie, you know, violent, silent whatever Christ. this is not that at all mm -hmm. man this movie blew me away i loved it right from the get-go it, it throws everything as a, a, misdi a misdirection the whole setup of the movie it, at first you think like okay this is a classic assembled ensemble everybody's coming together all the different people are coming to the to the single location to celebrate the holiday we've seen it a million times i love that setup and the way that it it opens with that terrible Christmas sweater song that I want oh, to so die. God. You know, I was so mad about that song. <laughs> so this playing this terrible, this, this song about the Christmas sweater 
and Kira Silent Nightly is bopping around <laughs> and dancing and grinning wide from ear to ear, and and it looks it almost looks like it's, it's setting up to be an ensemble comedy, which it is a dark you know it's a very very I think dark doesn't really cover it. It's mm-hmm. a dark comedy, but it's it's setting up like it's going to be a wacky zany fun family Christmas thing. You have this song. I I later thought that because the the song comes back, I guess if they were trying to. If that was part of the misdirection, it totally works. And I was getting scared about what the hell this was going to be. Then you think it's going to be, okay, they all get together to this house. And I thought they were all related at first. I thought it was like an estranged family like you're next. You know, we've seen so many variations of this setup. Then I thought it was going to be like an Agatha Christie. And then there were none, you know, bodies, bodies, bodies thing that we've seen so many times before. And so every step of the way, it's not that actually at all. It's not a zany... Christmas. It's not mm-hmm. um, Agatha Christie. It's not any of those things. It's something much, much darker than that. I would be surprised if this does happen to me. I'm a bit older than you, Kat. I think, I think I'm close enough to the finish line that I probably <laughs> won't end up in this kind of apocalyptic scenario. Knock on wood. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? I hope not. Mm. Um, wow, wow, wow. I just thought there were so many things going on, and I loved the performances in this movie, particularly Matthew Good. He's amazing in this, and I yeah. saw him recently. I only know him from the movie Stoker, which is a Park Chan-wook American movie with he and um, Nicole Kidman, which is great. Man, he just is so believable. I thought all the performances put you there. I really, I thought I was in this house. I loved the characters. They're terrible, but in a good way. I like bad characters. I like when you have a cast of, I don't know. I didn't. I just thought it was like kind of the thing was that they were just showing the the darkest side of these people and I still liked them. I thought they were great. I loved the kids, the two little twin brothers. There's Kitty, the spoiled oh. weirdo girl. I love the <laughs> argument Kitty gets into with Art, the the main child who's into there arguing at the table over whether this coming apocalypse is because of the Russians, as Kitty yeah. believes, <laughs> or if it's because of the environment as Art believes. You get some life uh, yeah, a lot. Of, I mean, this is almost a, gets into a quiet place territory about whether we're going to propagate life in the face of certain death mm-hmm. or not. I mean, deep stuff going on in this movie on different levels. Absolutely loved it. Thank you, Kat. This is VOD. I would highly recommend. Well worth a couple bucks. If you haven't seen this movie, I think to check it out. Yeah, I just happened to watch this the week before you picked it. Oh, you had seen it. Be- oh, okay. I was I knew that I was going to do It's a Wonderful Knife and I and and I wanted to sort of counterbalance that pretty much predicting that it was going to be very slashery, you know. Yeah. what it was. And so I had been going through just lists of Christmas movies again. Okay, what's something I haven't seen? And this one kept showing up, but I I didn't I was not watching it because I'm like, what Kira Knightley and <laughs> Wow, like I've never heard of this. Did this yeah. not hit the theaters? Like this is strange. And then looking more at the cast, and I'm like, seems like a comedy or a drama. And then I watch the first few minutes, and that horrible song comes on. I'm like, wait a minute, is this I like was, a oh, sequel no. to Love Actually? Oh no, like, what's no. happening? <laughs> no. And so, what I do need to ask you, Trent, did you go into this with absolutely no idea uh, of all, what all was I happening? Knew, yes, all I knew is I did just saw a blurb where it said dark comedy about the apocalypse so i knew that but that was it and i'd kind of forgotten that so i didn't know. i knew nothing yeah and that's absolutely the way to do it 
Yeah. We're gonna ruin yeah. that. We already have. It's in the blurb, but we won't we won't exactly. say we won't say the final scene, That's but a it's a wildly blurb. disappointing yeah. thing. So I was just scrolling again and just like whatever, whatever, whatever. Got through like the first like few minutes or whatever. I was like, okay, I don't think that this is is what I think it's yeah. gonna be. This was miscategorized. <laughs> yeah. Somebody fucked up on yeah, the internet. Right. <laughs> is this the right movie? This is a different silent night I'm trying to watch. Yeah. But it was late and I just I was like, well, fuck it. Like I'm actually Again, I'm sucked in by the characters. I honestly had no idea what was happening. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and to it makes, your point, it, doesn't it, could, tell you. it could go anywhere. So I'm like, yeah. how does yeah. I love a movie that's like, how does this become horror? Yeah. How? how what are you going to do? Yeah. Is it going to be some bullshit thing? Or like, you know, are you going to go like Peter Jackson and there's like fucking cottage cheese coming out of people's heads? Like, what mm-hmm. happens? Yeah. Never saw this coming. No. Nope. Never, ever in a million years would I have... Uh, gone back and watched this movie again. I cried at this fucking movie. You cried? <laughs> this at what movie part? made me the, the whole fucking the thing, whole especially thing? the back third uh, when yeah. when the older son Alex, also you. from Jojo Rabbit, also from Jojo Rabbit. Yeah, I've seen his name's two, Art. Uh, yeah, Art. Kinda, sorry, when he starts like there's a whole progression of his character mm-hmm. that just it broke me. I was like, what? And and Matthew Good plays his father. Like, for some reason, like, there's a point where Art runs off and, like, I don't know what it was, but, like, from then on, I was just, like, destroyed. It was a- wow. emotionally brutalizing. You should have. really, really hard. Very dark. I thought it was intense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get it. But critics fucking hated this movie. And every single thing I read by a critic made me realize why I love it. I completely disagree with everything they were saying. Where they were like, oh, it's too thin. They spend too much time on these unlikable characters. There's no substance. I think the brilliance of the script, the premise, the directing, everything, the delivery is how fucking deep like 10 sentences are in this entire movie and how they're spread out. There are some really profound things that are said in this movie. But again, they're glossed over because these people are so insufferably just still so narcissistic and yeah. about themselves in the face of what's what's inevitably going to happen in their minds. And they're still, they can't spend time on these really, really deep mm-hmm. things that they should be dealing with. They're still like, well, should I have fucked that guy in college? Or should yeah. I be doing this? Or, you know. Hey, I mean, regrets, you know. It's wild though, <laughs> but that's the, that's eighty percent of the dialogue. And what, if you watch this, you can pull on some threads in the, in the script that are just so fucking brilliant. I think that uh, it was Camille Griffin that wrote and directed this. Yep, debut feature. She like did uh, just a brilliant job, really brilliant job. Obviously, uh, had the benefit of uh, an amazing cast to deliver this. But I I loved it. I the more that I read. Honestly, the bad reviews made me go back and and think a little bit more deeply about why did I like it and what did I get out of it and, and why did it make me cry? <laughs> uh, and that's it. It it was literally like there's just a there's a few lines in there that just crushed me uh, because it really kind of like pulls you into the gravity of exactly what's happening in this movie. I felt guilty because I'm like, well, I'm just kind of like uh, having fun watching these people be a fucking mess uh, yeah. and be like normal dicks. Mm. Um, Anyway, uh, this I, this movie's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I Great. would say definitely the part 
parts that dragged for me the most were when they were having like that narcissistic moment of just being like yeah like college like why didn't this person want to bang me and like why didn't we ever get together but i was just everyone like, okay. wanted to fuck I'm me like, yeah yeah oh my god so <laughs> insufferable like if fucking, funny. anyway if my sister was talking about like my husband like that i'd be like nope absolutely not but then the most like heartbreak that i think you experience is from art because he goes through you know this whole like concern for like the concept of death and then like how they're going to meet their ends and like what the best way to do it would be and then he's like there to he's like all like trying to offer like he's trying to console people like afterwards and like all this stuff and it's just like and obviously like the end you just kind of left being like what is going to happen now and it was just that crazy moment of just like I absolutely was not expecting that at all and I'd love an apocalyptic sequel of just yeah i, I what yeah happens i know this, you could do a sequel i loved how this movie confused me so much and it was frustrating in the moment and it's a thing that happens to me a lot with this kind of setup when you're suddenly very quickly introduced to character after character after character we're talking about 15 people all showing up and going and they're talking they all know each other and i'm going what who is who? How do they know each other? How am I going to remember all these people? Yeah. What's going on? What is this about? And I'm getting frustrated, but then I realize at a certain point, the movie is going to tell me each, like, you're not supposed to understand everything right away. You're not supposed yeah. to know how everyone knows each other and what exactly they're doing here. I loved, speaking of Kevin, you mentioned all the great little subtle lines in this. I loved when one of the arrivals shows up and Kira Knightley says, tonight is all about love and forgiveness. And the guest says, well, who are we forgiving? And she says, <laughs> ourselves, of course. Yeah, <laughs> There's tons of stuff like that that's so good. I, I really enjoyed having to be patient and, and being frustrated and watching a skilled filmmaker like Camille Griffin, who I am excited to see what she does next. She's made a bunch of shorts, but this is the first feature to, to have somebody like skillfully kind of set it up for me so that I have to follow it along and I'll know what it's about when it's time for me to know what it's about. Very cool. Mm -hmm. Well, it's just little and little things. It, it may be the same um, malignant in this. Annabelle, Annabelle Wallace. Oh, I didn't um, notice. She's the terror, the horror, like probably the worst character that they portray oh, okay. in the movie. Okay, she's uh, um, Kitty's mom. Yes. Okay. Yes. So she's oh. Annabelle Wallace. She's in Annabelle, wow. the movie, but she's malignant. Oh, I had no um, idea. Okay. Different hair, right? Yeah. Yes, and when she wow. shows up, uh, she's also like, uh, I think Kira Knightley is like talking about her dress or whatever. Yeah. Or she, she's <laughs> like, Kitty's oh, college, Kitty's college fund. fund, and like, well, don't need it now. And at, <laughs> like at first, you take it that it's just like, what a fucking bitch. Yeah, what a bit. And then later, Kitty says, because you're wearing my fortune on your feet or something yeah. like you're wearing yeah, my you, future you, but you just think oh these people are assholes like yeah but they're like she's actually but just like it's well, actually the, she's what right what the fuck is this for <laughs> like that's why i didn't get the when they break into the store to get the figgy pudding for kitty or whatever yeah. Yeah. they're so like nonchalant and, and joyous about it yeah we'll just go break into the store why not and I, wait why would they that seems crazy do they know yeah. so all these things happen well, I was like, later is this child such a monster that they have to get figgy pudding <laughs> right. that yeah, urgently right, exactly. yeah like, well, that's is what that I where thought. the horror's yeah. gonna come in this kid's gonna turn into like a spider creature or something yeah like, yeah 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 she i don't there was so that was definitely like the worst character like kitty and her mom were like the worst kind of like situation oh, but the ending killed me Dude with, with them. the doll and the oh. hug the goddamn hug 
she gave her the hug. The f- oh, yeah, I didn't notice that the oh. first time. I watched this yeah. twice because I really liked you know, it. Because she couldn't, you know, couldn't talk. So she was just like, <laughs> so I love brutal. you, daddy. Uh-huh. Uh, well, speaking of um, Camille Griffin, the director, and doing such a great job, you, she had a great cast to work with, including her son. Art is her son. You know all that? three of the what? kids are. the, twi- the All three what? of them. The all of them. The twins in Art are oh, actual brothers. Yeah. Oh, wow. You just fact me into oblivion. I, I, You've been out fact. You just fact me into next Christmas. I thought I was going to blow some minds. Romaine Griffin Davis is the kid who was in Jojo Rabbit. Yes. And also, I didn't realize the other. And then other... the two twins, okay. they're, all three are her children. Brilliant. And brothers in real life. Brilliant. And those so twins are fantastic. That would movie, explain so. some of the uh, the young acting chops. These are kids who grew up well, in Well, her in a... husband is somebody, Davis. He He's in... Yeah. The film world. They obviously grew up well in a known. in a milieu, and they are on their way to becoming very. I mean, they are very prominent. At least um, Romaine, the the lead art. Oh, very that kid. Prominent. Yeah, I mean, amazing. Jojo Rabbit. This the end. I mean, the ending alone of this movie is so freaking good. I would say this has a sixty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I wouldn't say all critics hated this. I'd say it was polarizing. Or some... mean, maybe it's just what I, and maybe even some of the good reviews were disparaging. It, again, it's, again, it's divided. I, I think I was focusing on what the the negative parts of the reviews or, yeah. or some of the criticisms, because I honestly was trying to figure out why I liked this movie. Yeah, because you, I can see somebody going ten minutes and being like, "Ah, fuck this." I, I can yeah, see that. Bailing, I yeah, get yeah. it. Yeah. I can also see someone getting through the entire movie and being like, "I don't. I didn't like that." I, I did think one thing that was interesting to me, I did read some reviews and some of the reviews I read just dismissed it as a lame climate change allegory. It's too woke. And I didn't, I mean, I didn't get that. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I guess I, I can certainly see, of course I see now, I can see why people take it as a climate change allegory, but that's not at all what I was thinking. When the movie ended, I was thinking, one, I wonder if it was, written after covid i was thinking more about the pandemic like it was, written, it, it before. was written before i know so i looked into that but i was thinking this must have been i wonder if this was written after 2020 it was written before 2020 it was announced in january of 2020 but so much of it is so i mean i'm colored obviously we're all colored by the pandemic i was thinking more about that and and looking back now i do see the climate change stuff but i didn't think it was a one a one note like I'm only interested in doing climate change preaching at all. I thought there were. I mean, lots we've of talked about some movies that shove going on. commentary down your throat. This I didn't does feel not like that. Do that at all? No, no. There I, were like no. the little snippets, like oh, like we should have voted green, and like all oh, the conservatives, <laughs> right. huh? But then it's also like talking about like I don't know. It's like a. It's I would say it's more commentary as opposed to environmental stuff and climate change it's more of like i feel like like a wealth thing because they talk about how like you know homeless people and illegal immigrants like aren't given the same opportunities that this family is too um so i kind of more focused on that as opposed to like a climate change and and just the family the questions about parents and children yeah and communal responsibility in general and all that stuff. I just think there was a lot going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought, again, knowing nothing about it until after I was wondering with this cast, like how good this was, 
this must have suffered because of the pandemic and this must have been like another one of those like 2020 2021 films that I was think just it, like banking on it it might have been a pandemic shoot also because you have a closed location no i think i read that they said that almost all of like the principal photography and everything was even done before the pandemic oh okay so even that was done oh, so all okay. so it may have just suffered from timing because you know well we all suffered from timing of the pandemic mm-hmm. But this movie may have suffered from that. But uh, yeah, I, I didn't get either. I I thought maybe it was a response to the pandemic. And, and like you said, because it <clears throat> looked very conducive to being shot in, yes. in yeah. a closed environment, like yeah. in a very, okay, we all got to mask up and test and do whatever. I still have no idea, other than how incredibly dark it is, why this didn't get More any type yeah. of like a commercial push. Yeah. I loved the exit pill. The whole thing, take your exit. This is British. I don't know if we've specified. So that that made me think of Brexit. So young Art, he's Uh. getting all his information from his phone. He's on his phone. Little do his parents know. They're trying to keep this stuff from him and candy coat everything for him. Mm -hmm. But he's getting all the information on his phone about the exit pill. Take your exit pill. It made me think of Brexit. You know what it kind of reminded me of was um, Children of Men. When they're all given like those like suicide pills. Yeah, Yeah, right. Yeah, that was really interesting. I loved, I mean, more more lines like you were talking about, Kevin, when one of the characters reveals that his girlfriend or I guess their fiance or maybe they're married at this point is pregnant uh, to a couple of the guys when they're like in the shed smoking their cigarette away from the house. And he says something about the baby and the other guy says, is it a baby though? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, yeah. and it's real quick. And the yeah. other guy kind of cuts in, like, "Shut up!" Nope, that was, nope. yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah, That's all brutal. of those. Like, there's a, the the whole "fuck God" scene. Yeah, and that yeah. whole dialogue exchange. He just tricked you. Like, I know. I'm just like, there's a whole, <laughs> it's so fast, and like the way that a family really would just be lashing out and speaking. It's just like that, though. Yeah, like it's so. Yeah. So many scenes like that are really good. Yeah. Yeah, the whole uh, Lily Rose Depp plays the, Forgot pregnant, about her. the pregnant character. Right. In this. That, that adds another layer. And I thought that was another interesting piece they don't really delve a ton into. But it's like, you can. it's really sad how quickly you can watch uh, some folks just give up and just be like, you know, I mean, typically you have that type of situation in a movie and it's like they'll pull on your that thread will get tugged on in a whole bunch of different scenes. But it's just sort of like hinted at again, some like let's go smoke some weed in the shed. Like it's just sort of like tossed around and then it's just like a, a very brash decision is made of. Yeah, we'll just give up. So interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So interesting because her the Lily Rose Depp's character has a. A different attitude. I mean, she has an attitude when she comes in that puts her at odds with everyone else at the party, including her husband or fiance, who's a doctor. And there was so much of that stuff about, oh, you're just going to listen to, you think all the so-called quote-unquote experts know what they're talking about? Well, mm-hmm. how do you know if the experts know what they're talking about or not? Because you're not an expert. You're just saying, you know, and then uh, when Art is confronting the doctor. and So it's interesting to see Lily, Lily Rose's depth character have to be sort of, I mean, essentially, not I don't mean bullied in a dramatic way, but essentially just kind of overruled. Mm-hmm. And she has to go along or she decides to go along with the plan. Oh, man. We could really, yeah. I will say, Girl. though, 
I really just cannot stand Lily Rose Depp as an actress. I, I thought just she was kind of amateurish. To be I just honest. can't. Yeah. It's anything she's in. I'm just like, ugh. I thought she was good in Tusk. That's the only other time. Well, she was a, she was behind a counter for, <laughs> for like two minute. seconds. Yeah, for one minute. That's now she was she's just up playing against... her character from Yoga Hoses. Yeah, she's I, literally I, just being herself. No, she's I like, I noticed. I thought there were a couple few times where she stood out as kind of amateurish acting. She'd be like, "I'm going to go check on art," and she'd like do this thing with uh, her hands. She would do yeah. these. No, just comparatively uh, this, to to the stacked cast. She was not up to snuff. You know yes, what I mean? Like that, they could have picked yeah. like a billion other people. So yeah, that's the only yeah. thing that kind of brought me out from liking her character more. Is a, like I don't know. Every scene, she's just like wide eyed, like a like a deer. Yes. Like oh yes. What do I do? And that's how she acted, and she was surrounded yeah. by masterful performances yeah. Yeah. by real pros. She definitely stood out to me as being kind of mm-hmm. amateur. Yeah, but you know, was fine. It was fine. Well, I would be excited about whatever Camille Griffin does next. Uh, she's got a movie called Conception. Oh, okay. Upcoming. I don't know if it's got a 2024 uh, release date, but that is her next thing that she nice. has lined up. Same. I'm super pumped to see what yeah. she does next. I think yeah. this is fantastic. Next week. week. <laughs> 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 it's my turn. It's time for my Christmas picks. Is it still Christmas? Tis still the season some more. Next week, we're going to be talking about the 1974 horror Christmas classic, Black Christmas. <gasps> oh! Boom. I can't believe we haven't talked about that. We'll I talk really about my, we did. my personal Mandela effect later. But <laughs> uh, it's also mid-aughts reappraisal time because we're going to talk about the 2006 remake of Black, Black Christmas. Christmas. Wow, you yeah. dog. Wow. <clears throat> wow, bold. So move. not the most recent remake. Nope. The one before. Trent has now hoarded wow. all of the Black Christmas <laughs> picks. Well, well. He has cornered that. I, and I've apologized I, for the last one. I just watched that one as well. Uh, spoiler, I, that one. I loved it this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. Save it for the pod. Okay. Save it. Oh, wait, this is the pod. 